All gambling lines in this podcast are brought to you by mybookie.ag. Join mybookie.ag with promo code IBSports and you'll receive a deposit match as well as some rollover bonuses. As always, if you enjoy this podcast and the many more that we offer here at IBN, like, subscribe, and share. What's up, everybody? It's IBS Jesus. Welcome back to the NFL podcast, weekly gambling podcast with IBN. Um, last week, I had to apologize. We had some technical difficulties. I did do a podcast with Keith, um, but for some reason, it didn't work out when I tried to transfer it to uh, MP3 format and, and upload it. So I ended up having to do a written form podcast, uh, which was put out Sunday morning um, with the IBS all-star group. So if you missed it, unfortunately, you missed probably the best weekend I've ever had in NFL gambling. Um, recap, not even bragging. I'm still trying to make sense of it, but I went 11-0 and um, in NFL. And yes, 11-0, not, not even lying. Um, Keith, unfortunately, is the only witness that I have to, to most of the stuff that I called um, during the podcast during the week. But I did make a I did. Like I said, I did do a written form. Uh, the wins that I had, I had the Bengals spread, Rams spread, Bengals team side over 24.5 cards, outright money line, Jaguars outright money line. And then my five super contest picks, uh, Cardinals plus 3.5, Vikings uh, minus two, Raiders plus four, Ravens minus two and a half, and Jaguars plus three. So, yeah, oh, and the 11th pick was uh, the Dallas Cowboys covering, which I had way early, and I ain't gonna lie, I got lucky on that one, because I saw that line initially and I was like somebody's somebody's sleeping at the wheel Cowboys are definitely a touchdown better than the Patriots and it was a struggle but you know what Dallas Cowboys are number one in my power rankings I say this like every week I say this on like every um, NFL anything that I talk about the Cowboys are for real they're a good team uh, they're 6-0 against the spread you need to be um, using that to your advantage and, and honestly ride the wheels till it falls off. I've actually only faded them one time. And the one time I faded them was that Panthers game and they barely covered. And I was a little hesitant to jump on the bandwagon when they uh, had their game the week after that. But again, you know, you just had to give them props. They continue to be cover monsters. Um, it's, it's one of the most baffling things when you consider how ignorant their coach is. But the numbers are the numbers, and, and a win's a win. So I'll just keep running with it. Uh, before we get into uh, week seven, I want to remind everybody that this podcast is brought to you by mybookie.ag. All the lines that you get here are from mybookie.ag. If you would like to join mybookie.ag, you'll you, just use promo code IBSports. You'll get um, rollover bonus. Um, they'll match your first deposit up to 50%. And um, it's just a good time to get into it. You've got NBA, NFL, college football, still a little bit of baseball going on, and college basketball is coming. Um, if you're into soccer, Champions League, they've got everything. So um, jump on that as soon as possible. 
All right, so I'm using Adobe Audition, which seems to be way better than everything else I've used um, because I pay for it. So I don't have my soundboard set up. So this week, we're just going to go all natural, okay? Uh, week seven, NFL, if we're looking back on some trends, I want to say that the favorite started out 7-0 against the spread during the day games and then it kind of tapered off after that but if you were backing favorites early you were in a good position um, again overall the favorites were ahead against the spread so I think that is three weeks in a row the dogs have taken a hit this week is a little little tricky um, partially because some of the better teams that, that have been covering are on a bye week. Um, I have my notes out here, but as always, whenever I make notes, um, I lose them. But we've got the Cowboys are on a bye, and the Chargers are on a bye. The Cowboys are 6-0 against the spread. The Chargers are 4-2 against the spread. And there's one other team that was pretty solid against the number that is on a bye. Oh, the Bills are on a bye. They're 4-2 as well. Um, favorites went 8-6 overall last week. So I did find my notes. Uh, Bills didn't cover and the Chargers didn't cover um, last week. So I don't know how to read into it. We'll see how they come, come back off the bye week. I thought the Chargers was a perfect situational fade last week. They got beat up against the, the Browns. It was a very physical game. Is why I faded the Browns against the Cardinals. Again, just a situational play. So I wouldn't read too much into that being like the Chargers aren't as good as I thought they were. You're talking cross-country travel, uh, a very physical, demanding game. It was just kind of set up for them to, to not cover. And both lines were relatively low. Um, against teams that I think a lot of people were confident that they could beat respectively. And the Browns case, they were home. But it was just it's just too much to overcome week to week in the NFL. And this is typically the, the time of year where we start looking at teams and, and looking at their schedule as far as how difficult the games were, um, if people are getting nicked up, going out early for injuries, and then travel. You know, you're you're six weeks into the season. If you're going from the West Coast to the East Coast, uh, that does make a difference, especially if you're talking about playing a Monday night game and then hopping on a flight, getting to the East Coast and playing on like an early Sunday. It, it can be a little taxing on certain teams. Um, and so that's when you want to lean a little bit more on historical numbers and then just also current form as well. OK. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, week seven starts with Broncos versus Browns. Broncos traveling to the Browns. Uh, the line, I think, was at five and a half. I jumped on the five and a half. The people in the chat that I'm, I'm in um, that use the uh, all-star perks, I told them that let's, you know, let's just take a risk. Let's take the Broncos with all the points we can get right now. I was like, Baker Mayfield's a little banged up. He might not play. Uh, Hunt's out. Chubb's out. Uh, Odell's hurt. It's just a lot going on over there. In fact, the Browns have 20 players on their injury report. Uh, it's more likely that at least half of them will not suit up on this short week, uh, including, obviously, uh, Baker Mayfield, which was announced, uh, and the two running backs that I mentioned. The, the last I saw reports of Odell Beckham, he's going to need a little help to uh, get back on the field. But either way, what we have, and I didn't even mention they're missing 
three tackles. They're missing uh, their starting left, their starting right, and then the swing tackle that they would use to replace either the left or right tackle is also injured. Uh, just a lot of variables that are not positive for the Browns. You can get the Broncos money line at plus 105 right now. I would still take a shot at that. I know there's um, concerns that Teddy Bridgewater may not play. Um confident enough to say that I think Teddy plays, uh, but also weary that if Teddy doesn't play, we don't want to touch the Broncos. We don't want to back uh, Drew Locke in this position. But as it stands right now, uh, I think there's a high probability Teddy Bridgewater suits up. Uh, Broncos typically are, they they particularly protect the Rock, um, which should help them a lot. Case Keenum isn't like super garbage you can get you can get a worse backup than case keenum but one thing that i think is important to note is that case keenum is going against the broncos defense a defense that is uh top 10 in pressures and sacks so uh missing two tackles that and and two running backs um that could be very significant uh the over under i don't really want to touch it the weather is is going to be difficult type Cleveland, Ohio weather. Uh, I think there's some rain in the forecast, 20 mile per hour winds uh, maybe, but I'm just not looking to play any over-unders on most Thursday night games anyway. I think the the move here is the spread, so I will go ahead and um, take the Broncos. So like I said, I got them at five and a half uh, early, and then I have them at three on my super contest and it's down to two so feeling good about it either way again i'm suggesting an outright win so if it's plus two plus one doesn't really matter i think the broncos can win this game and and it's not anything against the browns they're just dealing with a ton of injuries on a short week all right so the first sunday game that we have uh Bengals plus six and a half uh visiting baltimore ravens I've got this as a best bet, um, and, I, and I don't know, man. Maybe I'd be jinx- I'm probably jinxing my best bets, but either way, I really like the Bengals in this spot. It's at six and a half. It'll it might even go up to seven, and I'm gonna take as many points as I can get. I have this on my super contest. Uh, I've got the Broncos on my Super Contest at plus three. I've got the Bengals at plus six and a half on my Super Contest. It started out at six, uh, but it went up to six and a half. I just took the six and a half. If it goes up to seven, I'll take the seven. If it goes up to seven and a half, I'm telling you right now, somebody's, again, asleep at the wheel. Here's the key for me. Joe Burrow is going against a team that is notorious for blitzing. Ravens are top five in the league blitzing, and... I can't even believe they're just top five. I would, like, in watching games, I would assume they're number one. But they blitz 32% of the time. Uh, Joe Burrow is probably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL against the blitz this year. He's got a 72% completion rating uh, for 493 yards, six touchdowns, and one interception when under pressure. I've watched three Bengals games, and every time somebody has blitzed him, he's he's been a god. Uh, most of that is because Jamar Chase uh, can't really be covered. Um, and if you cover Chase, boy, get off and then he's learning how to utilize his tight end and Mixon is one of the more underrated dual threat backs in the league but he's got options he's got he's got Higgins too he's got options now those options didn't necessarily stand out last week but they they played the Lions they blew them out you, you gotta give the Bengals some credit here man like they've they've covered and been in situations 
as a dog where they've made games closer than people anticipated any time. I think the Ravens are a little bit overrated in this position. Um, I, in my mind, have this game at three and a half, maybe four. No more than a touchdown. No more than a touchdown. So I, I would like this line to keep creeping up. I'm not sure we'll get any higher than seven. But either way, I'm going with the Bengals here. Uh, they've already proven that they don't have a problem on the road in their division. Yes, it was the Steelers, but either way, that was still a solid outright win for them. Uh, and then they just come off of just absolutely obliterating the Lions, which, again, we're not looking necessarily at the competition, but more how they've played on the travel and they've played just as good on the road as they have uh, at home as far as being competitive. Uh, so, again, I like it. One caveat here is that historically the Ravens have had great success, especially Lamar Jackson when he's played the Bengals. Uh, but, again, I I feel that in this particular spot, personally, that we're getting a little bit of an inflated line here. Uh, so I will take as many points as I can with the Bengals. Next game that we've got. Panthers uh, at the Giants. Panthers are favored by three last time I checked. Uh, key questions here. How healthy are the Giants? Like, what are we getting with the Giants? Um, I actually have this. I'm noticing a trend. <laughs> I actually have this uh, on my super contest as well. I got the Panthers at uh, minus two and a half. Here's the thing, too. When we, when we get past the question of the Giants' health, you have to look at this from, I think, a perspective of who do you trust more, Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold? And right now, it's kind of a push. So then I look at who do I trust more, Panthers defense or Giants defense? And then that edge is still the Panthers. Um, Tony's out, to my knowledge. Um, I didn't see Galladay on any of the injury reports uh, as as anything other than week to week, but I, I would assume he's going to play. Saquon's still out. The Panthers are just missing McCaffrey on offense, and this isn't this isn't a stout Giants defense. I feel like if there was ever a game that Sam Darnold could kind of turn it around a little bit, uh, it would be now. One thing that I will say about the Panthers too that is a personal. Um, perspective of minds is that the Panthers beat bad teams. Now, the Eagles did catch them, but I'm still I'm still saying that I believe that the Panthers beat bad teams. Uh, I look at the Giants as a bad team and I think they cover here. Uh Panthers are 3 and 3 against the spread. Uh Giants are 2 and 4 against the spread. It's really a toss up, you know? Um so when I look at a line with a home team as a three-point dog, I consider that basically a pick em. And so in those cases, I typically go with who I believe is just the outright better team. And right now I'm saying that I think the Panthers are outright better than the Giants. So I will be back in the Panthers. Um, over under is at 43. Eh, I haven't bet any Panthers overs, but I, I know for a fact that they hit over against the Cowboys, but I, I'm not sure about all the other games. If I were you, I would just take a look at it uh, just to make sure if you want to play the over, go for it. But keep in mind, the Giants are a banged up team. They've got offensive line injuries as well. Uh, this could get ugly and one-sided. All right. 
Next game, Washington John Doe's travel to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, my notes say Washington sucks. Packers offense won't stop. Uh, that's pretty much what I expect. Uh, the line's at eight and a half. Actually, nope, I lied. The line's down to seven and a half um, as of this morning. It was eight and a half last night when I did it. So that's interesting. Uh, when I see something like this, it just screams teaser. You know, I think teasing the Packers here would be just fine. Packers are in the top five, I want to say, for um, ATS stats. They definitely don't have a problem with beating bad teams. And the Washington football team is a bad team. They're looking like a a top seven draft pick this year, uh, which... You know, depending on what they do with it, might be pretty good for them or in their best interest. Uh, Heineke's in over his head. He's not good. It's not really worth having a outright conversation about. I've said this to, to the fans in the group, to people walking down the street. You know, he's just not good. It, the Packers are, are rolling right now, and they will beat a bad team, especially in Lambeau. They will beat a bad team. The over-under at 49 is pretty interesting. Despite the John Doe's issues on offense and stopping people on defense, there's always a lot of points in their games primarily. And so if I can get this line at 7, um, God forbid it goes under seven. If it goes under seven, I'm going to have concerns that something else is going on. But if I can get this line at seven, I'll definitely take it. Uh, seven and a half doesn't necessarily scare me either, but I'm just trying to be greedy. Um, I feel like this is a week where they'll, they'll throw a lot of traps out there at you. So like seven would be perfect. You more, Worst case scenario, you get a push. Seven and a half, you run the risk of a stupid backdoor cover by uh, Scary Terry and Heineke. So be careful about where you play on that line. The over-under at 49. If anything, as it stands today on Thursday morning, I would lean to playing the Packers side. Uh, if the over-under is at 49, the Packers um, with the spread at 7.5, you're looking at about 27.5, maybe 28-ish for the Packers. I think they can get at least 30 on this on this Washington defense. And it all depends on... on um, it actually doesn't depend on anything. It just depends on how, how bad Aaron Rodgers wants to beat them. How about that? Because if, like, if I think about what I've seen from both teams um, schematically, I don't see how um, Washington's defense matches up um, against the Packers, especially when we talk about Devontae Adams and... and the ability of the Packers to stretch people vertically when they want to, uh, it could get, again, could get really ugly. Next game, Kansas City Chiefs traveling to the Tennessee Titans. Titans plus five and a half. Oh, Kansas City, man. I I just don't know what to think of them anymore. I just don't. I mean, obviously, they're a good team. Patty's still Patty. Um, but they're just not looking good when they win even when they win it just looks like there's just something not right um Chiefs are 0-2 against the spread this season after a win I think that is significant because this Titans team if there's a team that was on the radar a game that you would circle if you're Tennessee it had to have been Kansas City 
Um, the way they treated them in the postseason, it just had to be them. Likewise, when the Ravens looked at their schedule, it had to be Kansas City. Um, Kansas City has a target on their back. They have been um, bullies in the AFC for the last three years. Uh, there's blood in the water, and I think that teams like Tennessee and Baltimore would love to put their foot up Kansas City's, you know what. So, with that being said, Kansas City, believe it or not, is like at the bottom of my rankings for um, power rankings against the spread. Like, they just have not covered. Um, five and a half seems like a number that they should cover against a, a terrible Titans defense, but... This Titans defense and just this Titans team in general, are, they're scrappy when they're in a dog position. And so at five and a half, I, I look at Derrick Henry probably getting off, doing what he wants, um, and them having just enough offense to keep this thing close because the Chiefs defense is still bad. I can see this coming down to like a field goal. So I am leaning, taking my points with the Titans. I did not put that in my contest. Um, and it's more because I'm afraid <laughs> of, the, of, uh, of Ryan Tannehill, but I'm strongly considering it. The 1 p.m. start time probably helps Tennessee. I would have loved this to have been a, a true primetime game because then I definitely would have been back in Tennessee. Uh, one thing to um, keep in mind. Uh, the Titans are pretty solid on a short week. So this would be considered a short week. They just played Monday night and then they or Sunday night. Um, yeah, it was a Sunday night game. I apologize. So they just played Sunday night uh, and then they roll into a Sunday morning game. So it's not like a full rest. I like them in those spots. Generally, that's why I made sure I just kind of put like an asterisk when I was doing my notes. Like just keep in mind. That's something that you don't necessarily have to worry too, too much about um, with this team. This team has shown that when the turnaround's quicker, um, they usually succeed. All right. The next game is a curious case for me. Falcons are traveling to Miami. Uh, Falcons are favored by two and a half. I I I don't understand why. I mean, I get it. The Dolphins are not a good team, but I just don't understand why anyone would want to bet the Falcons on the road as a favorite. I I think I did bet the Falcons on the road against against the Giants, so I'm, I'm being a little hypocritical here. But this Dolphins team, I just I, maybe I'm just being biased. I just feel like the the there's still talent there. There there's still a a football team with talent and the thing about teams with talent they can beat a a bad team on any given Sunday and the Falcons are not a good team now they have looked better Uh, they were trending up before they went on by which you know trending up and celebrating beating the Jets in in London I guess is, is where we're going with that but they do get Calvin Ridley back. It looks like Pitts and and, um, and Ryan finally have some chemistry. Um, the Dolphins are a dysfunctional bunch. Uh, the offense has been stagnant. I'm, I'm hearing Devontae Parker's coming back. Not sure if that matters or not because they need to stop people on defense. I'm not sure what happened to their defense. Uh, it used to be a it used to be a real strength. When Flores... Uh, 
almost turned this franchise around. Like the defense was the staple, and then they paid people, and now they just kind of suck. So I'm leaning to a no play for me. Um, some people are, are looking at the fact that the Dolphins are coming back from London. Uh, Miami is the f- the first team since 2016 to have a London game and not um, get a bye week the, the week after that. So Falcons were in London. They got a bye. Jets were in London. They got a bye. Um, Jags were in London. They got a bye. Titan, I mean, Dolphins were in London. They get to come back and play, and they get looped into the Deshaun Watson fiasco. So, congratulations, Dolphins. You played yourself, according to the NFL. Um, That one game in 2016 was uh, the Colts played in London, had no bye week, came back. Uh, the spread for their game was four, and they covered winning by six. So that's like the only historical data we kind of have in this position. Uh, conventional wisdom would say that this type of travel would be detrimental to a team, but NFL conventional wisdom would say that in these situations where it's so obvious that the Dolphins should lose, they end up winning. So go figure. Um, Again, it's a no play for me as it stands right now, um, just because I don't want to be behind the Falcons and I don't want to um, I don't want to put myself in a situation where I'm depending on two bad teams. But by Sunday, I might come around and I might be like, you know what? I think the Falcons can cover by at least a field goal. Uh, so I will post that in the All-Star group. If you're an All-Star member, just look out for that post um, if I change my mind. All right. Jets are returning off their bye week. They are traveling to New England to take on the mighty, mighty Patriots that get a million and one excuses when it's Bill. I don't, I don't understand Bill and, and Brady and, and all these excuses that people give them. They're no longer together, folks. Like, <laughs> They're no longer together. It's no longer Brady and Bill. They are now separate entities. We need to treat them as such. Stop acting like Tom Brady and Bill are going to be suiting up every Sunday. Like They get too much respect. They're not, they're not the, the, the cover monsters that they used to be. Uh, the Patriots are a team that's solid. But they're not, they're just not good, you know? It's not calling them trash. There's a difference between trash and bad. Uh, they're, they're a solid team. They're just not good, all right? Um, and basically, that's my way of saying that, um, like, I, I don't know. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to go there, I guess. I'll, I'll try to keep it strictly just gambling. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's uh, look at this from a perspective of the Jets suck. They're still not good. Uh, Wilson's still turning the ball over far too much. And Mac Jones has been turning the ball over a little lately. Uh, And some of it's not his fault, but still, turnovers are turnovers. You know, when we look at at the, the stat sheet, we don't go, oh, he's got like seven interceptions in three games, but four came off of his receiver's hands and should have been caught. No, we're not saying that. PFF might say that. But as a gambler, I don't give a damn what happened. I just see that you turned the ball over. A touchdown is a bit much. A bit much. But turnover prone Wilson 
We'll definitely give at least two to the Patriots. We just need the Patriots to finish. I like the Patriots in this spot. I'm not going to bet the Patriots in this spot, but I like the Patriots in this spot. And one of the reasons why I'm not going to bet them is just, again, I don't feel pressed to put that in my plays this week, but it's a teaser, definitely a teaser here uh, with the Patriots. Uh, So teaser on the Patriots, teaser on the Packers, and um, I'm sure we could throw another teaser in there um, at some point. I mean, if you're feeling froggy, you can you can tease the Ravens to out uh, to to basically be a pick them because again the, the history says that the Ravens will win, but the Bengals could cover and I think the Bengals will cover. I'm not taking them to win, so I could go both ways on that particular line. I could go uh, Bengals cover, tease the Ravens down to to half a point, tease the Patriots down to one point, tease the Packers down to one point, and then I've got three. Three home teams that should outright win their games. Okay, so that would be a, a teaser builder for me this week. Next game, don't spend a lot of time on this. Uh, the Lions are plus fifteen traveling to the Rams. I put this as my survivor play. I like built my survivor picks around this particular game so I could get the Rams in this spot. Um, people are saying it's a revenge game for Matthew Stafford and and the Rams organization against golf. Man, dude, have you seen the Lions? They suck so bad. You, you actually feel sorry for them. Um, there's no revenge factor here, man. It's just a, a good team going up against a sorry-ass team. If McVay loses to a meathead like Dan Campbell, then everything we know about the world is is just wrong. Like it's this, this is the type of game that you would see in a Disney movie where the Lions would somehow pull out a miraculous win. But this is real life, and that ain't gonna happen. Um, Eagles traveling to the Raiders. I'm seeing a lot of people, and this line's at uh, minus three Raiders. Been seeing a lot of people taking the Eagles here. Um, I can't do it. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why, but there's a lot of confidence in the Eagles this week. Eagles just have not looked good offensively. You need to score to beat the Raiders. Like Raiders on their on their bad days as an offense are going to get at least 24, especially in in Vegas. They're actually a pretty solid team in Vegas, and um, I know that Gruden's gone, but I, I really think that this team can autopilot and beat a team like the Eagles. I mean, they just beat the Broncos on the road and and um, they turn around and come back to Vegas and they're minus three to the Eagles who hasn't looked good in like a month. <laughs> I, I mean, what have the Eagles done to to be a three-point dog to, to the Raiders? And again, when I see a home team in a spot like this and they're just and the line is three, it tells me that it's just a pick em. It's just a pick em here. And the Raiders are better than the Eagles. I'm sorry. Now, Eagles could mess around, surprise everybody, and win. But at plus 140 money line, an outright win by the Eagles, to me, should be like plus 165 at this point. It should, you should be getting a, a, a little bit more value there. So um, I'm going to take the Raiders to cover. I have this in my super contest as well. Um, go Waller. I think the, the pressure from the Raiders uh, front will, will um, really disrupt our guy, Jalen Hurts, who has been very inaccurate when under duress um, to the point where 
I just kind of flip the channel because it's really bad. So I, I, again, I'm not sure why everybody's backing the Eagles here. I don't see any reason to back the Eagles in this spot. And, and I think the Raiders win fairly convincingly, but every time the Raiders win a game, it's always some drama uh, when they're in Vegas. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm backing the Raiders here. Bears travel to the Buccaneers. Bears are plus 12 and a half. I mean, it's a it's a big line. It's a big line. They they love again, they love Tom Brady. Uh, like he's with Bill, these huge lines on teams when they come to uh, Tampa Bay. But the Bucks are just not that great of a team against the spread. They do beat bad teams, and they do beat them convincingly. But I'm not convinced that the Bears are that bad of a team. I just think they just have some, some misfortune here and there. But against the number, I still think they've got a good chance here. Um the key will be how much pressure can they get on Tom Brady? Uh, Mack and Quinn have 11 and a half sacks in their last six games. Um, that is going to be huge if they can get pressure on Tom Brady. The Patriots were able to get outright pressure on Tom Brady without any exotic blitzes or, or schemes. They just rushed their front three or four and, and they beat the, the Buccaneers straight up and they were allowed to drop extra men in coverage and that did disrupt Tom Brady a little made it through his rhythm off and things like that so um, everybody talks like the Buccaneers have a good defense but I don't like if I'm looking at a spread to be covered this large we're going to need the Bears to turn the ball over and we're going to need some luck because this defense is trash now the Bears have yet to let Justin Fields really air it out. I don't know if that's in their in their um, in their plans to to you know just say fuck it, this is it. I mean we we're playing the Bucks, we're gonna win anyway. Let's go for broke. I don't know if that's in their plans, but I would love to see it because the Buccaneers defense isn't good. People need to attack these guys. They need to be aggressive. They need to really come into this game realizing that it's them versus Tom Brady and since you can't beat Tom Brady straight up beat up on the defense get you some points so 12 and a half let's see how high it goes I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this drops at least a point by Sunday but we'll see I'm okay with anything around 12 to, to 14 I don't think it I don't think it should get up to 14 um, but you know Again, it's hard to predict these line movements sometimes, especially when you got somebody as popular uh, in the public uh, gambling circles as Tom Brady. Texas versus Cardinals, I have pass on my notes, so that's what I'll do. I'll pass. Uh, Cardinals are 17 and a half favorites in their home. Man, I am higher on the Cardinals on the road than I am at home when it comes to covering numbers. Wouldn't be totally shocked if they somehow didn't cover the 17 and a half if Davis Mills has a decent game and they keep it close. Also, wouldn't be totally shocked if they just beat the brakes off the Texans. It's, it's hard to say uh, with these games. And I don't like betting numbers this high because in the NFL, typically, people don't get beat that bad. Now, last week, there was a couple of high-scoring um, whippings on teams, but those teams... Like, you could justify that based off of how their games went the week before and the travel. 
I don't think you can really go with that in this spot per se. Um, so I'm gonna leave it alone. I don't, I don't feel like backing Davis Mills. Period. Ever. And then again, the Cardinals. Like this line is so high. If they didn't cover, I, I blame the odds makers more than I would blame the Cardinals. It's kind of ridiculous there. All right. So we are down to the Sunday night game, which is a game near and dear to me. Uh, Carson Wentz is taking on the Niners. Uh, the Colts are plus four. Yeah, I'm leaning to the Colts, and I actually put them in my super contest early at the four. Um, want to see where this line goes. And let me tell you, look, the Niners suck against the number. Uh, part of that is Kyle Shanahan's fault because he's a fucking idiot. And he hasn't been calling games the way he should be calling games. And when you try to get too cute, you either you either lose or you blow the cover. And he has blown the cover at least three times this year. I think we've only covered one game so far. We're a four-point favorite against a team that is four and two against the spread. And has a solid running game and a solid defense. We've got two banged up quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo is just now practicing and doesn't look like Trey Lance is going to play because he got hurt because our great coach wanted to run him 20 fucking times in his first game. So we're kind of banged up on the offensive side of the ball. Kittles, I haven't heard anything about him playing. Uh, I'm sure Debo will, will be out there. He's a he's a monster, and that's great. We don't want to run our running backs for some reason, but I guess we don't have to. If Jim, uh, we don't have any choice if Jimmy G plays. Um, I don't see the Niners being more than a field goal better than, than the Colts right now. I don't care if the Colts are traveling uh, uh, out west. It's just, no. I don't see it. I don't see it. So um, the over under 44, I would lean to the over, but I'm not I'm not pressed to do that. Like the Colts here a lot. Definitely like the Colts in the teaser. I, we, we should not be blowing out the Colts. Our defense isn't that great. Um, Bosa's great, but our defense isn't that great. Um, so, again, give me the Colts. 4-2 against the spread. Niners 1-4 against the spread. Yes, I know the Niners are coming off a of bye week. Yes, I know how Kyle Shanahan is is pretty much the Andy Reid of, of his generation when it comes to bye weeks. But, yes, I also know that until this dude gets his head out his ass, I would not bother taking the Niners to cover anything over three points, period, as a favorite. Now, as a dog, we could have a different conversation when we get uh, a line like that. But even as a dog, um, when they played the Cardinals, he fucked it up. So um, not not backing them. And that's my team. And I'm just telling you that right now. Um, Monday night's game. Oh, man, it's a barn burner. Probably game of the week. We got Jameis Winston versus Geno Smith. And it's not a college football game. This is an NFL game, people. So that's crazy. Um, Saints are favorite by four and a half. Over-unders at 43. Um, you know, the Seahawks had a pretty pretty gutsy um, play last week against the Steelers, who are trash, by the way. Um, can't see it happening two weeks in a row. You would expect some inconsistencies with Geno Smith as a quarterback and just Geno Smith in general. 
Four and a half is a lot for the Saints on the road uh, with a quarterback who has the tendency to turn the ball over. But this card, uh, this Seahawks defense is so bad. I know they got the best safety in the nation, but they are so bad right now. Like in, in every aspect of the game, they are like bottom. So let me get um, the Saints side over which if I'm looking at this correctly would probably be under 24 and then um, let me watch this line see if we can get it down just a tad bit more and I'll take the Saints I think the Saints do have the edge here uh, with their defense I think their defense can can create some problems for Gino and and um, his throws the the key here would be the pass rush for the Saints they do tend to still have uh, the ability to get pressure by just rushing their front. Uh, if they throw in a couple blitzes, give uh, Geno some looks he, he's not comfortable with right now. I really think that this could be a disruptive force um, for the Saints and, and a potential um, solid win for them. I mean, they need they need to keep winning because uh, obviously they're not going to be better than the Buccaneers. But just to kind of put themselves in a position to where they don't have to scramble too much at the end of the season uh, would be huge for the Saints. All right. So, again, we've got a lot of buys this week, so we don't have as many games to go over, which is great. Uh, you know, you don't want to have too many options and, and overdo it. But... Uh, going forward, again, keep in mind, favorites are covering um, at a higher clip than they were the previous weeks. Uh, be very calculated with the shots that you take and uh, stay as up to date on the injury reports as you possibly can. I'm even guilty of that uh, from time to time, uh, not staying on top of the injury reports as I should. Uh, if a guy's not practicing on a Friday and he's considered day-to-day, be weary, okay? Um, that's DFS and gambling advice. Just be weary, all right? So uh, good luck to you guys this week. Hopefully we can um, we can replicate what happened last week. Uh, if for some reason I only win one or two in my super contest, I might cancel the podcast because when I didn't have the podcast, I went 5-0. and oh. No, I'm joking. Uh, but just to give you a final recap of that super contest, I know some people are kind of curious. I am in the top 400 right now. Um, I am only six away from first place. I've got 19 as my score. First place has 25, so this is kind of congested. Uh, but first place, you get $125,000. And if you finish in the top 20, you at least get like $1,500. So um, if there's only six six points separating me in first and I'm in 400 another week of of a five would probably boost me up pretty well survivor contest I am still in the mix in my survivor I've got the Rams going for both of my spots um, I've used the the Buccaneers the Broncos um, and a couple other teams if you want any advice on survivor or if you got any questions uh, just DM me um, and I'll help you as best as I can or just at me in the group and I'll help you as best as I can all right so on behalf of IBS Diseases, IBN Backdoor Cover, I'm signing off. You guys have a good week.